0: In episode 37 of the Nerd Lab, I am going to discuss a new game that I'm uh, currently developing and the idea of uh, keeping a game design diary. I will talk about how I document everything that I do during my game design process, especially the tools that I use and how I organize and structure them. And the idea is to to use my game as, um, as an example here and there. The reason why I do this show is um, because I have been asked several times in the past um, if it is worth to write a game design diary. Um, and if so, why? What are the benefits and how do you do that at all? What do you write down? Um, how do you keep order and what is uh, was it, was it worth publishing at the end? Um, maybe as a work in progress blog post or as a design diary article. Um, Yeah, these are many questions and I have um, to confess that I don't really have the answers to all of them at the moment. Um, Probably there is also no right or wrong here. Um, But since the documentation of the design process is actually relevant for every game designer, I thought it would be worth to dedicate my time and myself to to this topic today. And to make this... um, whole thing plausible, I I, I decided to take um, my current project as an example um, and describe how I document my design process for this game um, and how I keep track of the important decisions that I make during the design process. Before we talk about the documentation process, um, let me give you a short overview of the game that I'm currently working on. As most of you know, I've been working on a co-op adventure card game in the past for quite a time now and um, i have not really talked about it much on the podcast in the, recently and that is probably um, because i do not really work on that game at the moment a few months ago i stumbled across an idea that i thought was worth focusing on the idea is in a market area that is uh, has some traction at the moment and I thought it would um, make a lot of sense to, to push this idea at the moment because um, there's some attention in the market and I don't know um, for how long this attention will be there and um, how soon someone else will come up with a similar idea. So um, the adventure card co-op game is not dead. It's it's on hold at the moment because i want to prioritize the other game idea um but i will for sure get back to this um this game and this idea that i've been working on for so long um in the future so let's talk a little bit about the idea um two games that i really really love um are magic the gathering as i've uh, mentioned quite a bit on this podcast and the genre of auto chess games um which are um digital games, Um, for example Dota Underlords or um, Teamfight Tactics from the Riot universe around League of Legends and um, some others as well. And while I was playing um, Dota Underlords and the other um, auto chess games, I thought about the idea of uh, how great it would be to combine this with a drafting game. Because you are drafting these different heroes, trying to um, create a a very nice uh, adventuring group, uh, level up your heroes and equip those with uh, legendary items. In the digital games, you typically buy those heroes from a shop. And your your goal is to combine more of the same kind to level up your heroes. And this is exactly the idea that I thought would be great in any any drafting game um, and in fact, it has been used in different t- drafting games, but it, for example, it's not used in Magic the Gathering, where you combine, try to combine different sets of cards to, to level up heroes or level up something else or to acquire more victory points or whatsoever. And this was the time when um, I thought it would be great to have some kind of synergy-driven drafting game um, with a fast-paced tactical combat um, and an evolving team composition. Something like a Magic the Gathering draft, in which the drafting is way more important than playing the games. So that you would draft not only one round, but you would draft several rounds and have a quick, fast-paced combat in between, and then you go back to the drafting again. Um, and this is pretty much the idea of the game. And um, I have re- researched the market a bit, and um, there is a lot of traction in the um, auto-chess genre online, but there is no auto-chess physical game at the moment and I think there is a great market for it but I also think you need to be fast here in this market because uh, I'm pretty sure that a game like this will come out in the future and I really want to be one of the first to bring the a game like that so this is why I decided to focus on this idea um, at the current point in time because I think it's more time critical than my other ideas and the game really is about Team composition, about positioning and deploying your team into a group um, that fights together, and to come up with a tactic. How do you position your your heroes so that they benefit from each other? Um, and there's also a bit of meta game around this uh, around this game because uh, when you are not playing the game, you can think about what would be a great team composition. Um, what kind of uh, alliances can I can I um, try to draft for the next time when I when I um, sit down and play the game? And this is really what the game is um, more or less about. I want to have some kind of feeling of achievement when you find the missing pieces for your team composition during the draft. Um, you should feel some kind of clever when you um, identify an open strategy during the draft and feel the sense of discovery when when you. Um, identify new team compositions um, during the draft that were not evil even on your um, on your plan in the beginning, and there should also be some kind of risk reward feeling um, if you go for the less reliable card combos in the game instead of uh, going for the straightforward tactics. Maybe so that is what I have been working on for the last couple of weeks and months, and um, at the current point in time, I have a playable version. It's not finished yet but it's um, in a good shape and um, I have run um, the first uh, playtest sessions and they went quite well. And I'm currently um, in the process of iteration and improving the game. I don't want to spend too much time to go in the details today because... um, this episode is about a different topic um, altogether, but I wanted to um, at least share the core idea of the game, which is um, that players will try to compose a synergistic adventuring group during a draft um, by picking different heroes, and these the players will gain advantages for having multiple heroes of a specific alliance. And each round, the adventuring group is fighting against um, another adventuring group um, in an more or less automated combat with some decisions in it Um, and the fight is typically decided by um, the team strength, so your heroes, Um, but it also is also much affected by the positioning of the heroes and um, the interaction that happened during the combat. And to come back to the main topic of the show today, when I started this project I also started a new documentation process for, for this game development approach. And um, I thought about what I want to keep track of. And and while I was thinking about that, I also kept in mind that it is probably a good idea to uh, publish something about the game as soon as possible to inform people that I'm working on a, a auto-chess physical game. And um, with that in mind, I also thought about... Um, work-in-progress posts on uh, Board Game Geek, for example, on design diaries um, in form of uh, blog posts or um, Instagram posts or uh, YouTube videos. And I research a little bit what people are doing there and um, try to capture all the information that I will need to um, publish my design process as well. For me, design diaries are typically reports from designers about the creation process of their game. They often address design challenges and describe the options they have tried to overcome them and what worked and what didn't and why. Um, and I think design diaries are a really great resource because they are interesting for both players and game designers. And they provide a lot of useful information. Players get more background information on the games they love and designers can learn a lot from how other designers have overcome their problems. And by that, I mean not only the mechanics the designers may have used, but also their approach of identifying and solving the problem. And that is exactly the information that you need to publish um, in a good design diary. And that's why it is important to track all those information early on in the design process so that you have them available later on. And I will share with you um, how I do that. But before I do, um, I need to tell you that I distinguish really between a published design diary and your personal design diary. The published one is to connect with your audience, while the personal design diary is really to support your game design process. And today I will focus on your personal design diary. ...which should be a good basis to publish your work later on. But the focus here really is to um, improve your productivity during the design process. That really is um, already the first reason why I write design diaries at all. To um, increase my productivity but also to record my decisions because otherwise you um, go back to um, the work that you have done a couple of days before and think, oh, actually, that was a great idea. Um, Why didn't I really implement that in my game? Maybe I should try again. So this happens to me all the time. And if I can go back to um, a spreadsheet or um, a note or whatsoever to see what I have tried, And what worked and what didn't. um, That really helps me to um, um, not make the same mistakes again and again. It really is like a hint to my future self that I should not get back and involved with my ex-girlfriend again. um, And have all the reasons available why I shouldn't. And another reason why I do um, all the documentation is to create mental space in my head because when I have documented it I do not have to uh, think about it all the time uh, because I know it is saved somewhere um, secure in the cloud and um, my brain can really uh, be released from all this um, effort of thinking about all these ideas and stuff all the time and it also helps me to um, identify my most important task and how I do this um, I will tell you later. So when I thought about all that, I made a short list of things that I really want to keep track of. And these are, for example, all of my game elements and rules. A game element for me is something like um, a broader uh, thing like combat. So I want to um, keep track of how combat works in my game and what what kind of mechanics I tried and why they worked and why didn't. Then I want to keep track of all the game components. So all of the different cards, all the heroes in my game, all the items in my game. I want to keep track of them and I want also to keep track of the iterations of them. So if I have a two-handed sword for example and in the first print run it dealt three damage and in the sixth uh, print run it only deals two damage, I want want to be aware of this development. And um, I also wanted to have some kind of um, inbox for my ideas. This is more like a, like a tool that helps me to organize all the other aspects that I keep track of, but um, I will also um, tell you how this works um, in this episode as well. And I need some kind of backlog for ideas where I can push all of the um, um, great ideas that I have during the day, but uh, that I'm... Uh, not working on at the moment but I know that I want to try them in my game later on and then maybe one of the most important things to keep track of um, are the challenges that you um, face during the game design process and I really want to um, have them listed up and also not only why it is a challenge but also have the information what kind of ideas I have to solve this challenge to overcome the challenge and um, a short description um, what I tried why I tried it and how it worked out and to do that I also need to keep track of all the playtesting, all the test runs what worked in the in a play test what didn't um, and so that's also an aspect that I need um, to document somehow and the last point that I really want to have is uh, a daily design journal that is um, also more like a, like a tool, like the inbox, that helps me to uh, yeah, organize myself and keep uh, track of what I um, want to focus on. So, now that you know all the information that I want to keep track of, uh, let me tell you a little bit about the tools that I use to do so. I use quite a bit of Google Spreadsheets. Um, to keep track of um, all of the game components and their versions. So all of the um, the hero cards, for example, all of them uh, are in, in a Google spreadsheet. And also my challenges and my backlog um, are stored in a Google spreadsheet. In addition to that, I also use Google presentations to visualize stuff. So whenever I need to... Um, Maybe draw a battlefield, for example, and I want to um, highlight some game elements and um, play a little bit around with the rules in my head. Um, then I use Google Presentation. I typically make a screenshot of um, or export a, an image um, of what I've created and then I put that into my um, actual note. And all of these notes um, are kept track of with one note in my case. So in OneNote, I have um, a specific notebook for this game. And this um, notebook contains um, a whole lot of different um, things. For example, all of my game elements and pieces of rules um, are stored there. Um, If you remember, game elements for me Uh, Things like, um, for example, combat or also the different phases in my game, they are described there. Um, Also the keywords, for example, that I want to use, they are um, all stored in OneNote. And also what I have uh, in OneNote is my design journal, my um, idea inbox and also my um, playtest documentation. All of this comes together in OneNote and... um, It is pretty much my um, most important um, tool and resource that I use for my game design um, documentation. In addition to that, I use the task management software. At the moment, I use Trello. And um, what I also use quite a bit are whiteboards and, of course, pen and paper. I really like to switch between these different media styles when I work on uh, design projects because sometimes you get tired when you sit uh, in front of a PC all day long and then it makes sense to stand up and uh, brainstorm a little bit on a a whiteboard and then maybe um, it makes more sense to sit down in the garden or in a park to write stuff down um, with pen and paper and at the end my goal is always to bring all of that information back to um, digital form later on. And um, I typically do this um, either via um, photos that I then store in OneNote or by um, yeah really typing um, the, the same information again in a digital form and then organizing and structuring it, it again. By going that extra mile, I can be sure that um, OneNote is always my single source of truth um, in which I can find everything that is related to this game. Okay, I hope you are um, at least a little bit curious or at least interested to um, to learn a little bit more about these uh, design documentation processes that I um, have implemented. But before I dive deeper into them, um, just a very uh, small disclaimer. I don't claim by any means that this is the best documentation approach out there. Um, I'm pretty sure that there are other ideas, um, other ways of doing it, other tools to do it uh, that are at least as good as what I do or uh, probably even better. But this uh, is the process how I use it at the moment and it works for me. I adjust it here and there when I think something um, is missing or something is not longer needed. And I hope it is also helpful for you to... Maybe it can um, trigger some ideas um, in your brain that you uh, might want to add to your um, documentation process. So let's start with the daily design journal. For me... Life is a journey and um, each day is a new chapter in my life and keeping track of my life and the different adventures of my life is for me like writing my own quest log. I personally do that twice a day um, and often those journal entries do not contain any content that I want to reuse later on as a work in progress post um, or in my rulebook or whatsoever. It is something that is more for me personally. Some form of self-dialogue that helps me to find mental clarity and allows me to connect to my inner thoughts and feelings. It really helps me to identify my goals and to focus myself on the necessary task for that day. I'm also pretty sure that this habit helps me to solve problems because they are more clear to me and this results in an advantage to push my ideas forward. So how do I do it? I have a specific section in OneNote that is titled Daily Design Journal. Woohoo! Um, and in this section I have a template page that I create a copy from every day. This is actually the first and the last digital thing that I try to do every day. It really has become a habit that helps me to stay focused. The template contains a few questions that I ask myself, Um, a few questions for the morning and another few for the evening. The questions are the same for every day, but from time to time I add or remove a question if I have the feeling that this is needed. And sometimes um, I am also in the mood um, of writing um, a small text, uh, flow text text, that does not really answer one of these questions, but um, hey, if I'm in the mood, that's what I'm doing. So here are um, my questions that I ask myself in the morning. The first question is, what can I do today to profit in the future? Um, this is uh, not a game design specific topic, but I typically try to answer that um, it um, with my game in mind. Um, and answers can can be something like um to research a specific topic that I want to learn more about, or to tell a random person about my game or create one fan for my game for this day um, or to reach out to a designer that um I admire and to arrange an interview um on the podcast that um I will be able to learn something from him or her um or to prepare something about the current state of my game that um, I can show to my mastermind group. So these are the kind of answers that um, I give to this question, depending on the day and the current state of uh, my game and also my mood. The second question that I ask myself in the morning is, um, what am I grateful for today? Also, this question is not really game design specific, but I have the tendency to think too much about the negative things in life. Um, And spending just one minute in the morning can really help me to focus on the positive aspects of my life and also of my game. When I work on the game, I often think about the problems, the challenges and how to solve them. But not everything is bad and it can really help to take a few moments to recall the positive elements as well. So um, an answer could be that I'm grateful that my combat system works quite well, that I'm happy that I've overcome one of these challenges. This is what I answer to, to this question in the morning. And the third and last question for the morning is, what is the most important thing that I can achieve today? And this is typically when I do my task list review. Um, And trying to identify what is the frog, the thing that needs to be done, that uh, sometimes is a bit difficult to overcome, but that would really help me to push the project forward. I also have the tendency to um, postpone things that are unpleasant. And by trying to identify the frog, how it is called, um, I... ...focus myself to uh, the things that really need to be done. Um, The goal here is to identify really the most important thing that I can achieve achieve today. And for my personal situation, this really is dependent on two things. First, how much time do I have to work on the game today? Um, Sometimes I I have very busy days with uh, my day job and my family... ...and uh, I might only have half an hour in between... um, Or maybe even no time at all and um, on that day I cannot set a a goal to, I don't know, create 40 or 50 heroes on that day. So it really has to um, be a match between the time that I have available and the second thing, um, what is on my task list and what is achievable in this time slot um, and what pushes my game forward. And that is everything that I do in the morning. That is um, typically done in less than five minutes. For the evening, my questions are more or less uh, divided into two groups. Some questions to reflect the day and um, some questions to already plan the next day. So the questions that I ask myself um, to reflect are, how do I feel today? Am I satisfied with what I achieved today? Um, I really um, I, I typically write down a few bullet points of what I have achieved today because sometimes um, my brain all, only remembers the, the challenges again and the problems that I had during the day. Um, and I do not really remember um, that I've been able to create 10 items for my game, for example, for in that, during that day. And it helps, helps me to, um, to celebrate these small little victories as well. Um, I also ask myself, what did I learn today? Maybe I did not create a card or solved a problem, but i um I learned learned something um very important for the future maybe and some little metric that I also uh, keep track of is how much time did I spend working on the game today That is just something that I think is important for myself to to see how much uh, time I'm able to um to spend on the game and the questions that I ask myself um for the next day are what can I do better tomorrow and if there is an idea um, how can I do that for example if I see that uh, I have not been as focused as I want to be um, in the last days I decided to that I want to be more focused for tomorrow and I decided to use the Pomodoro method um, in the next morning Um, Pomodoro method is to set a goal um, for a very short time frame, something like 20 minutes, for example, that a small goal, what you want to achieve in those 20 minutes, then work focused on this goal during the 20 minutes, don't allow you to do something else, and then make a break of five minutes or so to do all the other stuff that <laughs> um, you wanted to do during this 20 minutes. Um, and the second question that I've asked myself in the evening is, um, what do I want to achieve tomorrow? So this is um, something that I do before I go to bed, and um, by setting this goal in the evening, um, this really helps me to um, get up at the, the next day um, and be motivated right away because um, the last thing I thought about before I went to bed is uh, something that I want to achieve during this day. Um, and that, that really helps me tremendously um, in the morning at five o'clock um, not to press this snooze button for the 20th time. Um, yeah, and the goal of this um, whole exercise really is um, to reflect what uh, what you have achieved um, and to, to set yourself a rough goal Uh, for the next day that you want to achieve. And in the morning, you then make this goal more specific and start working on it right away. The next tool I use is my design inbox. Though the concept of having an inbox for all your ideas that come to your mind is something um, I think I already uh, mentioned a while ago on the podcast. And the concept really comes from the book Getting Things Done by David Allen, or at least I have um, learned from it there. And instead of carrying all of my thoughts and tasks around in my head, I really want to get them out of my head as soon as possible. I want to write down every idea, every task as soon as possible, so that I do not have to remember it. Um, And therefore, this should be as easy as possible and don't take longer than a few seconds to get this stuff out of my head. Um, And I should be able to do this wherever I am at the moment. So it really needs to be um, accessible via phone. In my case, um, this is also a section in my OneNote notebook. Every new entry gets a new page. There is no ordering, no tagging, nothing. That takes too long. I just want to get it out of my head. The rest comes later. The goal is really to get it out as soon as possible. This creates space in my head um, and prevents distraction and gives me the mental strength to focus on the essential issues um, I'm working on in that particular moment. And I really write down everything. The names of a game I want to test in the future. The idea of a, for a name for my own game. Um, a keyword that might work on on one of my cards, for example. A story idea or a possible solution uh, for one of my design challenges. The ordering of this messy inbox happens later when I have time to do it. What is really very, very important is that you have a system in place that you can trust. That means that you need a fixed time where you empty your inbox and transfer the topics from your inbox to your task list. Um, to your design document or maybe your design diary or your backlog um, or wherever it belongs. And you must trust your system so much that your subconscious mind is willing to completely forget about the thought that you had um, in that moment that you just wrote down. Um, Because you know that your system in place will help you to come back to that topic later um, when time and place um, are right. So, if you only adapt one thing from everything I talk about today, I would recommend um, starting with the inbox. It is my number one tool to increase my mental capability um, by getting rid of distracting thoughts. The next part of my documentation are all of my game elements and rules. And for all of these elements, I have a separate page in OneNote. This can be imagined as a very rough rulebook in terms of structure. Each section of the rulebook is a separate page in OneNote. A page to describe the phases of my game, a page to describe the drafting process, one to describe the combat system, one to describe the movement, um, another one to describe the resources of the game and so on. What I don't do on these pages in OneNote is to go into the detail of single cards. But I describe very well the structure of the different card types, for example. So, how is a hero card structured? What are item cards and how are they used in the game? The actual cards are then somewhere else in the spreadsheet because I need to order them, I need to calculate values automatically, and I use the spreadsheet um, as an input file for automated card creation. My goal for these game element pages in OneNote is to really have a central place where I collect um, the ideas for the individual elements. And I also want to keep track of how those elements evolved over time. That means I typically don't remove text there when I make changes, um, but I write it on top of the page and divide it with a separator uh, um, line and a new headline. By doing that... Each page is some sort of history of how that specific game element evolved over the course of the design phase. This is something um, that you can use later on to create these um, a work-in-progress post, for example. I also try to make a note um, when I encounter a specific design challenge, um, because I also hope Uh, This helps me to publish interesting design challenges later on. But I do not really keep track of the challenges here because I want them to be in one list so I can um, have a better overview of all the challenges in in one point. I will come to them uh, later in in this show. The last thing that I keep track of in OneNote is my playtest documentation. And when I say playtest, I even mean my own solo playtests. For each test, I copy um, my documentation template page in OneNote and write down everything that is important for that test run. This template can be completely um, different for for your game, of course. But here are just a few things that um, I keep track of. The first one is the setup of the test. Um, In this section... Um, This can be considered as some kind of metadata of the test run. And I keep track of things like how many players um, participated and who. What kind of game elements were tested in this run, because I often only test specific elements of the game. For example, I only test the combat mechanic or only test the drafting mechanic. So this is something that I would note here. Then I also write down how the game elements were implemented during this test run. For example, let's say um, combat was dice-based variant 1 or it was card-based variant 2, something like that. This is how I uh, cross-reference here to the um, challenges that I try to overcome or the ideas for the um, solutions that I want to try for these challenges. Um, Then I try to um, document how many um heroes were played, what kind of heroes, which alliances the players were having, and um yeah really stuff that is um very specific for my game. Um, for example I tested different battlefield variants for my game and therefore I kept track of which option I was testing in which run. Um, one was a crit version for example, another one was a battle line version and so on. And other stuff I try to track is for example also the time the test took how long do the rounds take, how long does combat resolution take, and so on. And these are often very specific information for the thing that I try to test and solve at this moment. And then I have a bit of a more general area, which is um, where I track what was good in this test run and what was bad. Um, This is typically kept as a um, list of bullet points, um, of what really felt good and what felt bad. Um, and I especially try to identify situations in which my playtesters react very emotional. Uh, when did they have fun? When were they frustrated or even angry? At the end, I transfer those bullet points into challenges and ideas, which both go into my spreadsheet later on. Either to my challenge section or my idea backlog um, or the... Um, Ideas to overcome specific challenges. And one more thing about the emotions. Um, I think emotions are very important to keep track of because they make up good stories later on when you when you want to um, publish your design diaries. You could say something like um, this mechanic made my playtester so angry that they smashed their hand of cards to the table. This is something that people can relate to later on when you um, write down these emotions because they create a picture in their head and create some kind of story that you can um, use to um, explain why you made changes to your game. That is everything um, I use OneNote for. Um, You can, of course, use any other kind of note-taking software here. I've been using Evernote um, a lot in the past. Um, At the end, I don't think it makes too much of a difference what you use, as long as you are comfortable um, with the technology and um, use it frequently. So that brings us to the spreadsheets. Um, For the real game components, I use spreadsheets. Um, And I don't want to talk too much about the game components spreadsheet today, um, because I think this is the tool that is most different for all of you, because uh, it really depends on the... Um, type of game and type of component that you want to keep track of Um, so just um, a short summary here is i have a a sheet for all my hero cards um, for example i have another sheet for all my spells um, for all my alliances and for all the items and so on and if i make major changes to the list um, i add a new version just to be able to track the changes later on. Um, I think this is very important, because for all the decisions, um, you should write down some kind of reason that you can um, remember why you made that decision. Let me give you an example. When I design keywords for card games, um, I typically write down a list of all the keywords I want to test. Um, And then I test the keyword. If it doesn't work, then it comes to another list of keywords that didn't work. And I write a short reason behind it um, and document it why it didn't work. And I try to do the same for, um, let's say, a special ability on a hero card. Um, Let's say I have a hero, let's call him the warrior. And um, he has a special ability that he attacks twice when some trigger happens. And um, I tested in the playtesting and uh, it seems to be quite too strong. Then I write that down as a note in my spreadsheet and uh, copy it to another uh, list in which uh, all of the mechanics are listed that I have tried for this warrior. So um, in the main spreadsheet, I have um, only one um, entry for the warrior, that is the current um, implementation of it. And then I have a second spreadsheet with all of the um, keywords and all of the special abilities and values on the character that I tested. So I have a uh, um, some kind of history how the different characters evolved in my playtesting. This is also something that you can really nicely share later on in a um, design diary because people love to see how uh, things evolved during the playtest, and you can uh, maybe later on post a few pictures of the hero, maybe version one, one, two, three, four, five, and describe briefly why you changed each of those steps. In another spreadsheet, I have uh, combined my challenges, my possible solutions for those challenges, and my backlog of ideas that I want to test, and. I also have a master data sheet in this uh, spreadsheet which defines um, the values for the drop-down fields um, of the other sheets. For example, um, I have a list of all the game elements that can be referenced in um, the challenges or the solutions. I have different priorities that can be selected from drop-down menus and a different uh, status for um, the challenges and different status for the solutions. In the challenges sheet, I track everything that really is a problem in my game that I somehow need to solve. And um, for each individual challenge, I um, give this challenge a title and I define which game element is affected. For example, if my uh, combat is not working, I select as a game element combat then i give it a priority if my combat um, isn't working this would probably get the priority very high um, and the status would in the beginning be open and then i would um, have a description field in which i describe what the what the problem is then in the in the second sheet i have um, possible solutions for this um, for this challenge um, i spend a bit of time think about thinking about what um, i could do to solve this problem and um, i come up with a uh, Different solution ideas. For example, it could be um, introduce another dice-based combat mechanic or a card-based combat mechanic. This would be two different um, solution approaches for the same challenge. So, in the solution sheet, you uh, reference the same challenge from different rows, um, and then I define also give um, this solution approach a title. um, I describe how it is um, working. And I also give it a state. It can be open, it can be um, in playtest, it can be rejected or accepted, for example. Um, And when I've tested this um, approach, I also um, write down the advantages and disadvantages that this um, approach um, brought to the game. And um, also maybe some result um, and a date when uh, I last tested this um, solution. This is pretty much how I uh, track everything that is related to um, to really to problems in my game. And um, once this um, sheet becomes fuller and fuller because I have more challenges in my playtests um, or I have more ideas in my backlog or solution ideas for my challenges, I really use uh, filters as a mechanic to, um, to identify which is the most important um, challenge that I should work on at the moment, um, and this uh, is uh, something that I typically do with a priority value that I um, that I give each uh, challenge or each uh, solution approach. And the backlog sheet really is pretty similar to the solution sheet, um, with the only difference uh, that it is not related to some kind of challenge in my game and it is not always related to an existing game element. So for example, it could be a new resource that I want to test in the game. But one could probably track both the backlog and the solutions in one sheet. Um, But for me at the moment, um, I prefer to have them separate. And that's pretty much everything that I keep track of during my game design process. I hope you enjoyed the short glimpse behind the curtain and maybe you could even take some inspiration with you. I think it's very important for everyone to find the right documentation approach that fits um, their requirements. And of course, these requirements can change over time. That's also why my um, documentation approach um, evolves over time as well. Before I finish today, I would like to point out two Kickstarter campaigns from the NerdLab community. Um, the first one is Goblin Teeth, a dice game about goblins that try to gather the most treasure. And as everyone knows, goblins are sneaky. That's why they try to cheat each other. Check out the link in the show notes. Um, it's a very good example of how you can include the theme of your game, um, even in your Kickstarter campaign. And the second game I wanted to mention is Dark Metal, a solo or co-op sci-fi tabletop game um, in which you can really use your own minis and terrain that you already have um, to play through a narrative-driven RPG campaign full of tactical decision-making. You can find this link also in the show notes, So Check out the games to see what kind of great games um, come from the Nerd Lab community designers. And um, yeah, until next week, keep documenting and nerd like a boss.